Welcome everyone to the first ever episode of Love Between the Lines, a brand new review podcast for everyone who loves love. I'm your host Monsa and each week I'll be discussing all types of love stories from old favourites to new releases. For this first episode, I'll be reviewing Take a Hint Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert, also known as the book that made me believe in love again. I'll be discussing why this is the perfect book for me to launch this podcast with, what Danny and Zach's relationship can teach us about the importance of friendship in love, and why the key to a healthy relationship is finding a balance between compromise and staying true to yourself. Let's get to it. Picking a book to launch this podcast was such a process for me. I wanted to choose a book that was significant, but more importantly, I wanted to choose a book that I had something significant to say. So I was really back and forth with myself on what that meant. And to try and figure it out, I started to think about why I love reading so much. And if I was to describe it, I would say that reading a book is like watching a movie, but it's in your mind because you read the words on these pages and your imagination just transports you to these new worlds into these stories you're meeting these characters you become invested in their journey and I just I love it I think it's amazing and I get on such an emotional roller coaster through the books that I read I have books that have made me laugh that have made me cry that have made me cringe that have made me sad that have made me happy like literally the whole spectrum of emotions I have felt through reading books and that's amazing to me I love that it's literally someone has written down words on a page and I'm reading them and now I'm just in a completely different way and I've escaped into this crazy new world or this crazy new story and that's genuinely why I love reading and it's my favorite thing to do. I love reading romance in particular because it's a genre that is full of hope and positivity so as we know (laughs) this world can move mad not even just 2020, even before 2020, there is always so much going on. If you listen to the news, if you keep up with, you know, things that are happening, if you look back to what what has happened before, there is so much negativity. There are so many experiences that we have to process and learn and unlearn and figure out ways to get through. And it's, and it can, and it gets a lot, but within love stories, you're safe in the knowledge that everything will just work out whatever the conflict is, whatever the characters are dealing with, it will be resolved, they will overcome them. And at the end of the story, there will be that happy ever after that in the real world can sometimes seem so elusive. So as I said, for me, books are about escapism. So if I can escape to a world where everything works out in the end and love conquers all, then that's what I'm gonna do. I'm all the way here for that. And it's not to say that the genre is not without its issues because there are some very, very problematic books (laughs) and problematic tropes within this genre. And I also don't think it's the case that a story that has a sad ending cannot have positive lessons, but that's another thing that I love about it. Even though it appears to be quite predictable in terms of the types of books you will read, there's so much variety in them. So you really never know what you're going to get. And I just think that's really cool. And that's why I love reading these types of stories. And that's why it is my favorite genre of all time. So why this book? Why am I saying it's the book that made me believe in love again? So as we said, this year has been a madness. And 
if there was ever a year I needed a bit of escapism and positivity, then this is definitely going to be one of them. But I found myself in a real reading slump. I was reading a lot of nonfiction, which is fine because I like nonfiction books and it's one of my favorite genres as well. But romance is what I turn to when I want to relax, when I'm just, I'm chilling at home. I want to decompress. I want to take my mind off things. Um, I pick up a romance book, but I just found I kept picking them up and not being able to finish them or not really being able to get my mind in the story and not being able to relax. So it was a real struggle for me to enjoy the books that I normally enjoy. Then I was recommended this book. And honestly, as soon as I read it, I fell in love. I fell in love with the stories. I fell in love with the characters. I fell in love with everything about this book. And it reminded me why I love reading so much, why I love reading romance so much. And that reminder is actually what inspired me to start this podcast. So it just makes sense that this is therefore the perfect book for me to launch the podcast with. One of the characters in the book, Zaf, is also an avid romance reader. And this is how the book describes why. It reminded Zaf why he loved this romantic shit so much. Because it was all about hope, about finding sparks of light in a world that could be so fucking dark. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with you, Zaf. I love that. I fully subscribe to that. And we need those sparks of light. We need to hold on to them. We need to protect them. We need to be sparks of light in the world ourselves and 100% agree. So saying that, let's get into it. So the book centers around Danica or Danny, as she is known by her friends. And she is a young black woman working as a literature professor and studying to get her PhD in literature and gender studies. At the start of the book, she has just got out of a friends with benefits situation and now she's looking for another one because sis is just thirsty, to be honest. And what she does is she asks the universe if she can be sent a sign on who this next person should be. So from the jump, Danny is very vocal about how much she does not want to be in a relationship. She actually holds really scathing views about relationships or at least her perception of what she thinks relationships are. And she's just not about that life. She doesn't want love. She doesn't want a boyfriend. She doesn't want a partner. She just wants someone that she can hook up with. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. See you when I see you. So we know quite early on what her views are on relationships and we also see how these views have been shaped by past experiences and past traumas that she has that she's not dealt with yet. Zaf on the other hand is the complete opposite of Danny. He is an ex-professional rugby player who now works as a security guard at Danny's university. He loves love. He loves romance. He loves relationships. He loves affection. He loves romance books. In fact, I think he would actually love this podcast because he is 100% about that life. He's looking for his person that he's going to settle down with and shower with love and affection till the end of his days. He's essentially the complete opposite of Danny when it comes to what he believes in and what he wants. But in a similar way to Danny, his perspective is also shaped by his past experiences and past traumas that he also has not dealt with. So Danny and Zaf have a very flirtatious 
and playful working relationship. And it's something that we see really early on. We see the banter, we see the flirting, we see the obvious sexual attraction. And from day one, we can tell that these guys, there's something going on. But one day there is a fire drill and Danny gets trapped in a lift. Zaf notices that she isn't among all the kind of students leaving the building. So he completely overreacts, runs into the building, breaks down the lift and carries her out to safety, even though it's a drill. So so she was already safe. But anyway, he is in Superman mode and someone takes a video of them, posts it on Twitter and it goes viral. For Danny, she's like, this is the sign I asked for. The universe is telling me that Zaf is about to become my regular hookup. And she then decides to pursue him in that manner. Zaf, on the other hand, he runs a charity where he helps young boys deal with their mental and emotional health through sport. And up until that point, he'd really been struggling with it. He wasn't really getting a lot of funding. People don't really know about it. But after the video goes viral, he starts to see a huge uptick in interest and donations. People are giving him money. He's got local radio stations reaching out to say, can we do a feature on you? So he's like, I need to keep this going. And he asked Danny if she would be willing to pretend to date him so they can capitalize on their 15 minutes of fame. Danny agrees because as I said, she thinks it's a sign that Zaf's the guy that she's supposed to be getting up with. And there starts our story. And with that, we have the combination of two of my favorite romance tropes, fake relationship turns real and friends to lovers. I really like these characters. Danny is of course an absolute boss. She's driven, she's ambitious, she's smart, she's funny, she's witty, she's sexy. You really just can't help but stand. Zaf is a sweetheart that must be protected at all costs. In all his interactions with Danny, Zaf gives off a real caring energy. I feel like his love language would be acts of service because he is forever doing stuff for Danny. He is making sure that she gets to bed on time, that she's eating, that she's getting fresh air. He's essentially making sure that she meets her basic needs for survival. And when she agrees to do this favor for him, he is overwhelmed with gratitude and he keeps saying how much it means to him that she would be willing to do this. When Danny agrees to help, she says it's because she's just trying to hook up with him. But as we get to know her character, we know it's actually because she's a lovely person and just wants to see him thrive. As evidence later on when we read, she realized she might actually kill to protect all of Zaf's hope and tentative ambition and quiet, careful drive. And Zaf is just blown away by all of her support, so, so definitely acts of service energy. Danny is a bit trickier in terms of what her love language would be. I want to say words of affirmation, but I'm not really committed to that because on the one hand, we see how when Zaf compliments her and like showers her with all of these um, positive words and says says all these nice things she starts to feel very self-conscious but she's also super chuffed that he thinks that she's amazing but that's not how she expresses love she's not a very affirming person she doesn't really compliment Saf often so if I was going to pick one I would say her love language is words of affirmation but I'm not I'm not committed to it I don't want to play favorites but Zaf is just 
amazing he's my favorite character that I've read in a book in a while and I love how Talia Hibbert wrote his character because you really get to know him we learn about his family his best friend his fears his motivations his past trauma and how that shapes who he is as a person and you really feel connected to him as a character and you really feel like you know him and you know the ins and outs of who he is as a person with Danny we're also told similar information so we know who her friends are, we know who her family is, we know what some of her goals are, but I still didn't feel as connected to her as a character as I did with Zaf. And part of me is wondering if that was done intentionally because as we know, Zaf's character is very open, he's very emotionally available, he likes to express himself, and maybe that's why we learn so much about who he is. And Danny, on the other hand, we know she's closed off. She doesn't really like to let people know who she is and how she's feeling. So maybe it was intentional by the author that we didn't get as much of an insight into her as possible. But at the end of the day, both of these characters are amazing. They're funny, they're witty. And the way Talia Hibbert writes them, you really feel like they're real people, but also real people that you would want to be friends with if you knew them in real life. Talia Hibbert has a really humorous writing style and I think this is what contributes to how she makes her characters so likeable. Because she writes in such a relatable, funny way, she's really able to capture the banter and teasing that we see going on between Danny and Zaf. So as a reader, you love them individually, but you also love them together and you root for their relationship, which is so important in romance novels. You want the two protagonists to end up together and you want to believe that they should end up together. Another thing I really liked about her writing style is that as their relationship progresses, so does the way Talia writes about their moments of emotional and physical intimacy. So in the beginning, when they're still in their friends with benefits situation, both Danny and Zaf try to keep a clear line of separation between the physical aspects of their relationship and the emotional aspects of the relationship. And in some ways, the narration kind of mirrors that by juxtaposing really sweet thoughts that they have with very sexual ones. So there is a moment where Danny is upset about something and Zaf holds out his hand for her to hold. And it reads, if this touch could take away a fraction of her sadness too, then his right hand had never been so useful. So I'm there like, dying because of this adorable sentence when right afterwards I read which considering how often it had wanked him off recently was saying something so yeah there's there's that but Danny does exactly the same thing earlier in the book they're having a discussion about something and Danny says something which makes Zaf smile and her thoughts are Usually, Zaf was handsome in a distant, angsty, man-on-TV sort of way. But when he smiled, even the tiniest bit, then his eyes glowed like spilled ink by candlelight, and she found herself wanting to kiss the broad curve of his nose. I just love Talia's writing style here and how every description literally makes my heart smile. So again, I'm having a bit of a swoon. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. And the sentence right after is in a purely abstract manner of course in reality Danny would never do something so pointless faces were for sitting on not kissing I excuse me <laughs> I mean she's not wrong but it's just the juxtaposition of this very flowery and effusive language she uses to convey their thoughts towards one another and how that's instantly followed by more crude and 
or crass comments where they sexualize their relationship. It seems to me that it's a way for them to mentally remind themselves what the situation is. So some kind of defense mechanism where they don't want to allow themselves to become too emotionally invested or place their affection for each other above their sexual attraction for each other because the situation that they put themselves in doesn't really allow for that. I think it's kind of an open question in the book whether in a friends with benefits situation is there really space for people to be vulnerable and open about their feelings for one another even in the privacy of their own thoughts because they're scared of getting hurt. I don't actually have a strong opinion on this. I think friends with benefits obviously friendship is supposedly a part of that equation so in that sense you should be emotionally invested in your friendships you should feel a sense of emotional safety where you can show affection express your feelings experience trust and and care but at the same time when you start adding in those benefits it can become really messy so how do you then start to draw the line between what is just friendship and what is something more so I can see the other side of this which is the character's view that you have to be mindful about the level of emotional investment that you put in these situations so you don't end up crossing some invisible or maybe arbitrary line because do casual relationships or hook up situations allow for any level of emotional investment and if so what is the level and how do you make sure that you don't cross it so yeah I don't know the answer but I do think it's really interesting that these characters fight to have a clear separation of the emotional and the physical as a way to protect themselves from getting hurt but obviously that is so much easier said than done and they do have moments of care and affection One of the ways that both of them start to allow themselves space for these feelings is that they start to become invested in each other as friends. I think the book also makes a really important point about the nature of friendship and romantic relationships and how they need to coexist. Danny and Zaf start off really trying to separate the two as if they're mutually exclusive. So there's a moment in the book where Zaf is in an uncomfortable situation and Danny starts to feel very protective over him and wants to help him through it and the realization that she cares so much really scares her and she starts to wonder why she's feeling like this and why she feels so strongly about helping him and and trying to make him feel better so this is how she rationalizes it to herself but this caring came from friendship and friendship was just fine friendship was perfectly safe. It might hurt sometimes, but it had never crushed her heart and ruined her from the inside out. So Danny has clearly been through some things. You read that and you're like, sis, who hurt you? I mean, if you read the book, you'll know who hurt her, but you know what I mean. And I really like how Talia positions Danny as believing that friendship is somehow separate from love and relationships because part of her character arc is realizing that this isn't the case and this shouldn't be the case. You should be friends with the person that you're in love with first and foremost. And friendship actually serves as an important foundation to love. So with Danny's character, we see how her friendship with Zach was kind of the first step she needed to take in breaking down her emotional barriers and eventually being able to feel safe and vulnerable with him, which is how she allowed herself to fall in love. Zaf also uses his friendship with Danny as a way to deny his deeper feelings and hopes for their relationship. At one point, he's trying to rationalize away how when she texts him, it makes him feel. And when she texted him later that morning, her messages like little rays of sunshine no one else would ever see. That was friendship, obviously. Friendship, full stop. 
So in a similar way, he's trying to convince himself that his feelings are feelings of friendship and that somehow that can be divorced from feelings of love. But you read it and you're just like, babes, obviously it's just both. Danny and Zaf's opposing views on romantic relationships is something that comes up a lot in the book. In Danny's arc, her openness to being in relationships is linked to how her perception shifts on what relationships actually are and what they mean in her life. So there are quite a few times in the book where Zaf is shocked at Danny's description of what relationships mean to her or how she's experienced them and what she's learned from those experiences. For the most part, she's been left feeling inadequate and insecure and believing that in order to be a quote unquote good girlfriend, she has to fundamentally change who she is and put aside her own hopes and dreams and ambitions for the sake of making a relationship work. He tells her something which I think is so obvious, but still really important to say. People harp on about compatibility for a reason. If you value family and work, you just need someone who feels the same way someone who admires that about you. If you can't do the sappy shit, you just have to find someone who's okay with that. I know you have a busy life, but you make room for the stuff that matters. If it was worth it and you wanted to, you would make room for a relationship too. What you get out of being loved is supposed to be worth a compromise. When it's good, it makes you want to compromise. So this is so simple and so true and so obvious, but it's crazy how easy it is for people to not realise that or not practice that in their romantic relationships. When honestly, it really is to each their own. Find someone who matches your energy, who holds your values, who wants the things that you want. I can definitely think about my past relationships or situations I've been in where I felt similar to how Danny feels and believing that I have to be a different person or change who I am all in the name of compromise in order to make a relationship work but compromise needs to be balanced and it shouldn't make you feel as though you fundamentally have to change who you are as a person because if you start to feel like that it just means that the person you're with is not for you and you need to find someone that is so I really like how that came out in the book and Danny starts to realize that and see there are areas that she is willing to compromise because she wants to and she sees that there are areas that are non-negotiable and that she needs to protect and for those areas she sees how she can start to set boundaries in a healthy way without feeling guilty or like she's a shit person or a bad girlfriend so so ultimately there needs to be a balance between compromise in relationships and setting boundaries and the way that you strike that balance relies on knowing who you are as a person you have to do the work to figure out who are you what do you value what brings you joy what's important to you because if you don't know that you're not going to strike the right balance on one extreme you could end up compromising too much and every relationship you get into you change your personality you change your values based on the partner that you're with at the time Or on the other extreme, you could be like Danny and put up these unnecessarily high emotional barriers so that no one could get in and neither of those situations are going to make you happy. As you progress through the book, you see Danny realise that there are certain things that she wants. She wants emotional support. She wants late night conversations. She wants love. She wants respect. She wants someone to gas her up when she's done a good job at work and accept her for who she is as as a person. And she starts to see that relationships are not inherently bad. It's just about finding the right balance. Zaf, on the other hand, has a completely different issue to Danny in that he is very open about his desire to find love. 
as I mentioned, both of their perspectives are rooted in past traumas. So you definitely need to read the book to find out how they get to this point. But Zaf is drawn in by an idea of love rather than the reality. So while I'm reading it, and I definitely believe that his feelings for Danny are real, he romanticized what their relationship could be rather than what it actually was. And I think this is also really unhealthy because in a way he starts to place unrealistic expectations both on Danny, but also on what significance that the relationship should play in his life. So whereas Danny is overly negative, Zaf is overly positive, and this starts to impact some of the decision that he makes. He's He wants to make it work at all costs. He wants to do everything he can so he can get his happy ending. But you need to understand who people are and what a situation is and act accordingly. You can't make decisions and make choices based on who you wish people were or who you would or what you would like a situation to be. And this is what Zaf does and this is how he ends up getting hurt. So in this way, I think that whereas Danny's emotional barriers are too high, Zaf's are maybe too low and he's not being a good steward of his heart. As the book progresses, you see the positioning of things as opposed to each other less and less. So where we had friendship versus love, emotional intimacy versus physical intimacy, compromise versus setting boundaries, and even to some extent, Zaf versus Danny, that happens less and less, both in how the characters are thinking, but also in the narration and the writing. One of my favorite lines comes a bit later in the book, where Zaf is in a position where he is always trying to hide how deep his feelings are for Danny because he doesn't want to scare her away. Um, but sometimes it just comes out and he can't control it. And this is how the book describes that experience for him. His feelings for Danny were like sunlight. They'd always find a crack to slip through, a way to light things up. So first of all, like I said, that is my one of my favorite lines from the book. It is so cute and to, to say it again, I just love how Talia Hibbert writes these super cute and adorable sentences with how Zaf feels about Danny and um, to some extent how Danny feels about Zaf. But second of all, what I noticed when I read that is that it was not immediately followed by some kind of crude and sexualized remark. And we all know Talia could have made a joke about something slipping through something else, but she didn't. And actually a few sentences down, what she does write is changing. Everything is changing. Yes, yes it is, and for the better. My final rating for this book was a 4.5 stars. It was very, very close to perfection for me, but there was one criticism that I had, which I just, I could not let go. And that is what prevented me from giving it the full five-star rating. I didn't like the grand gesture. I'm sorry, it just did not do it for me. In romantic stories, you typically have this huge romantic grand gesture that comes towards the end of the story. And this is when the characters have sorted out all their issues, they've resolved all their conflicts, they've gone through whatever they need to go through to be self-actualized or whatever. And they have this moment where one of them, or sometimes even both of them, has to convince the other one that they've done that work and they've done that journey and now they're ready to live their happily ever after and this takes place in a huge romantic grand gesture so I think it's so important to the story it's my favorite part of romance stories 
So I was ready. I had been spent the whole book reading about how cute and adorable and romantic and lovely these characters were. I was like, let's get to this grand gesture. Let's get going. I'm ready to just lose my mind. And it it was nice. Like it was it was cool, but it just didn't do it for me. It just felt really flat for me and I was just I was just left feeling a bit underwhelmed by what happened. So that is what prevented me from giving it the full five stars, even though for the most part, I think this book is very close to perfection. I will say though, that this book has an epilogue and I am a big fan of epilogues. I like to see, once you guys have sorted out all your issues, what are these characters saying a year later, two years later, whatever the time frame you wanna put on it. And in the epilogue, there's actually another grand gesture, which I loved. When I read that, that had me close to tears. That had me swooning and just, that had me losing my mind. And I kind of wish that the grand gesture in the epilogue had been the grand gesture of the main story. And if that had been the case, I think I definitely would have given it a five stars, but it wasn't. So it was a 4.5 star from me. Overall, if it has not been made abundantly clear, I really like this book. I loved this book. It is the first Talia Hibbert book that I have read, but I will definitely be reading more of her work. As a minimum, I'll be reading the rest of the series. So Take a Hint, Danny Brown is the second in the Brown Sisters trilogy. The first book is Get a Life, Chloe Brown, and the last book is Actual Age, Eve Brown. I read it out of order haven't read Chloe's story yet but I will do soon and I will definitely read Eve's story when it comes out next year and I'm really excited to read all of it because you get glimpses of their, the characters in Danny's story and I really liked them as secondary characters so I'm excited to see how their stories play out. To be honest I have really only scratched the surface of this book. It deals with everything from race to gender to sexuality, spirituality, religion, family, trauma, mental health, emotional abuse, and of course, what has been the focus of my review, which is love, friendship, and relationships. So considering how short this book is, it's about 300 pages, it manages to cover a lot, but it covers it really well. And I think that even though it has these really heavy themes, it still manages to be funny and witty and just absolutely adorable, mainly because Talia Hibbert is amazing at writing characters and she writes her characters as funny and witty and absolutely adorable. So highly recommend this book. If you love romance, read it because it's amazing. If you don't love romance, still read it because it just might convert you to the genre because it's amazing. Thank you all for listening in. That concludes the first ever episode of Love Between the Lines. Don't forget to follow the Instagram page at Love Between Lines for updates throughout the week, including the book I will be reviewing next. I have a post up at the minute about this review, so make sure to comment and let me know what you think. Do you agree? 
do you disagree am i being too harsh with the 4.5 stars or are you also a big fan of the romantic grand gesture and if you read this book and see any resemblance between yourself and the personality values and sweet nature of zaf and sari feel free to slide into my dms till next time